Hey everybody, this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training and CornerstonePuppy.com. It's good to be back again. This last weekend, my family and I traveled and went to family reunions and uh, my mother-in-law's 80th birthday party. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. I love my in-laws. They're a great family and so much fun to be around. But as we were going through and we get to see old family and catch up and smile and laugh a lot, um, I was just remembering the difference in social levels and preferences of of different people. So let me tell you a little bit about my in-laws. So my mother-in-law was her 80th birthday party, and she's amazing. My wife's the youngest of 10 kids, so her parents are naturally quite a bit older than a lot of people um, at our stage in life and their parents. And we're so happy and lucky to have them around. But she is a smiler. She is ever positive and always the one that you can talk to and feel feel like, you know what, you're the best person in the whole world. And she uh, recently, a few months ago, had double knee surgery. And she still, you can tell it's hard for her, but she still pushes through and tries to be positive. So it was a blast doing her 80th birthday party. Her husband is equally awesome and great, but is more of a dry humor kind of guy and a lot more asocial. So he would prefer, you know, that it's quiet around and that uh, to be around people, yes, but not for very long. And then he kind of goes off his own way and lays down or things like that. And he's also 80 amazing people like I I love both of them and have had I I mean I don't know what the (laughs) I I know that like it's not a common thing to to love your in-laws but they're amazing like I really really like them uh but it's funny to me how different the two are and I mean I I guess that's kind of how relationships work a lot of times that one kind of fills the gap of the other but I, I love how they have that relationship where my mother-in-law is not saying, Hey, you need to be around people more. You need to be like me. And my father-in-law is not like, Hey, stop being around people. Like be uh, a social like me. They, they fit together and they help each other live their best life. And it made me start thinking about uh, a question that, that came up in our dog training world, uh, of, somebody saying it's more of a statement I guess somebody saying I I want I just want my dog to be able to say hi to other dogs now that's not such a big statement but if you realize that the dog in question was had a bite history and was quite aggressive then you'd say okay that's (laughs) that's gonna take some work and the point I'm driving at is that dogs are kind of like humans um, sometimes they're not really socially, n- not because of training or anything, but just who they are, not really into other dogs or just like people aren't, you know, sometimes into other people and it doesn't make them bad, um, or it doesn't make them unruly, right? It, it doesn't, it, it, it's doesn't make their behavior bad or anything like that it just means they're not a social butterfly 
And that's pretty obvious to see in the human world. But sometimes with dogs, we have this false expectation and this standard where we say, well, every dog should be like this. And I think part of that is driven by the fact that the world often sees a dog that's, you know, that's high on adrenaline as either one, happy, or two, nervous and scared. And so, you know, like, <laughs> I've seen the same exact behavior from one dog, and someone says, oh, that just means that they're excited to see me. And another one, you know, that where they're they're shaking and they're, they're, they're kind of like, maybe even bolting around, but away from people. And then at the same time, I've seen that same behavior and people say, oh, they're so nervous around you. And I'm like, the, the same behavior that you're claiming around me means they're, they're nervous around me is the one that you just said is happy around you. And it's the exact same behavior. So sometimes we, we lie to ourselves and we want to solve their problems. We want to feel better ourselves. And so we characterize the emotion of our dogs. And I've talked about this before in podcasts. We really don't know what happy is in a dog world. Now, I, I totally agree. Like I, I, There's times where I've seen my dog confident. There's times where... She seems pleased, but we're, we're viewing that through a lens of, of humanality, not through being a dog. We're saying if this is the body language of a human or a little kid, like they're, they're excited, they're jumping up and down. It could mean they're happy. It could also mean they need to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> so we often do this where we say, oh, this means they're happy or, oh, this means they're sad. And we don't really know. And socially, it's kind of an interesting thing because with with humans, we can see that. And we're willing to say, you know what? That person's a great person. They don't really like being around people. They don't like being uh, the star of the show. They don't like uh, being introduced or introducing themselves to, to new people. They just are happy where they are. And so sometimes we get this situations with aggression and there's a lot we can talk about there but uh where there's a false expectation of the owner saying this is what I want and they usually finish the statement with for my dog but if they're really honest with themselves uh it's not always for the dog if you're really honest with yourself uh we want to take our dog and we want to say all right I want you to learn and grow as much as possible. And sometimes that growth is hard. So there's the learning end of it. But then on the flip side, there's also, this is the, you know, the genes, the DNA side of my dog. And this is who they are. And there's always some sort of management in between. And I'm the kind of person as a trainer, I don't want to give up on that. I don't want to say, well, it's just the way they are. Um, that often comes off to me as an excuse. I don't want it to sound like that. But I also know that there are some dogs that just don't enjoy being social with other dogs or humans. So I feel like the main point here is that we, we come to know our dog and we help them 
to excel in the life that they have and to be the dog that they are while continuing to grow, but also realizing that one dog's not like another one personality-wise. And for us to force that upon our dog or to throw them into situations like that without having training or being able to see the signs of their adrenaline and stress doesn't really serve them well. So let's talk about that. And we've talked about this in a previous podcast as well. But let's talk about what uh, these signs look like. So when you have a dog, one of the best ways, I think that I think the episode was like becoming a dog whisperer or something like that, or dog whispering 101. When you have a dog, it's imperative that you understand what those body language signs of a dog are. So when a dog is absolutely crazy, a puppy, they've got the zoomies, with maybe an older dog, and we're talking here about aggression a bit, they're, you know, barking and biting and lunging. Uh, that's an adrenaline rush. And if we take away the emotion out of it, and we take away the, oh, they're happy, oh, they're sad, and we just say, you know what, there's definitely a chemical response going on here. Let's not label it as good or bad necessarily. Let's just see it as it is and say there's an adrenaline rush here. At the top of that adrenaline rush, because adrenaline is, isn't like a bad thing, right? Um, sometimes we call it a stress curve, and stress has a negative connotation. And it, it's true, but like if we boil stress down, it's adrenaline, right? It's the body reacting to a situation. So if the adrenaline is high, and we, we, it is manifest by the dog doing things like barking and lunging and biting and puppies zooming all over the place and uncontrollable, right? Adrenaline rush. As they come off of that adrenaline high and they come down this curve, imagine like a, you know, like a bell curve or maybe uh, half a bell curve because the adrenaline shoots up pretty fast in some dogs. So it's kind of a straight lineup. Barking, biting, lunging, and then it comes off and it starts to come down that curve and you start to see things like shaking, if you have a small dog, a lot of small dogs, this is how they manifest this, is they, they shake. And some people, again, will see that and say, oh, they're happy. Oh, they're excited. And the exact same behavior will be labeled by others or the same person as afraid and fearful. Again, it doesn't really matter because it, could, it could be right. It could be excited. It could be fear. It could be nerves, whatever. But if we boil it down... There's adrenaline there. So to to see that level of adrenaline, we're coming one step down to shaking. In bigger dogs, a lot of times, the same thing m- might be manifest through an ex- excessive drooling. Now, some dogs drool all the time. And if you have that dog, you know what I mean. But it's like more, more drooling, drippy uh, drooling. So you got shaking and drooling kind of in the next step, heavy breathing where they haven't been running or it's not hot outside and that, you know, the, the rapid breathing that's kind of coming down the curve some more. As you continue down the curve about to the middle of it, you get whining. Whining is an interesting one because, and some dogs get really stuck right here. It's like that state of mind and, and that adrenaline level just gets stuck. Keep going down and you'll start getting 
you'll, you'll start getting lip licking. You'll get a dog that starts to lick their lips and they're at that level of adrenaline. So you can read a dog's adrenaline level by some of these behaviors. And how cool is it that they pretty much have, I mean, not they, they don't always hit every one of these, but you can watch this process in your dog when they're adrenalized. Uh, you can see them running and playing and doing crazy stuff or being aggressive, whatever it is. And then you can see them come down, put them in a new situation. You'll see like that shaking or something like that. Um, start working with them and you're going to see, uh, you know, maybe some whining and, and stuff like that. That You're going to watch these happen. Okay. We keep coming down that curve and we, from the whining to the lip licking to a yawn. And we're going to get that yawn and we're toward the bottom of this curve now. And then we actually dip below a healthy, I guess you could say level, not that it's medically healthy, but like where we're, we're our baseline, we're going to dip below our baseline and we're going to get tired eyes. And I'm sure you've seen that before where a dog's just laying there and their eyes are like shutting like a little toddler falling asleep at the dinner table or something. Okay. They're tired eyes. Those eyes like are a manifestation of where that dog is on that stress curve. And then they'll come up a little bit and you'll get a nice, beautiful sigh. And it's like they just let go of the adrenaline that uh, their body was experiencing. So those signs, if you're watching for those, you can tell a lot. So let's say you have an asocial dog and you go into a new situation. It's going to be manifest in one of those ways, their adrenaline level. And if they're lunging at the other dogs or they won't stop barking, that's a high adrenaline level and a lot of times continues because it's worked. Dogs are so cool. They do what works. And if biting, barking, and lunging works, then they will learn that response and they'll continue to do it until we can shorten, until we can uh, level out that adrenaline curve. And so that's really, if you want to know secret, that's what we do in training is we help chemically to change change these dogs. If you can learn it chemically, the cool thing is is that you can go back and you can reverse engineer that and you can unlearn it by unadrenalizing, I guess. That's probably not a word. But that's the amazing part and that's where there's hope. And that's where when I go to all these posts and I talk with all these people and I see where they they have to phrase it with please don't be a hater, but I am at my wits end and so I'm struggling. What do I do? And this is it. Like this is this is one of those key things to be able to see to alleviate so much heartache and uh, late nights and horrible walks and uh, and looks from strangers and things like that that you you feel like man I'm horrible at this. You can do this. So in this situation. Make sure that you advocate for your dog. If your dog is asocial, it's your job to help that work out and to to take them to a level, you know, where they're maybe pushed a bit, but not to the breaking point. And to see when that's going to happen or long before it happens and be able to remove them from the situation so that they can start to change their set of beliefs. If a dog always goes to the point of barking, biting lunging because we've taken them too far then that they're going to keep doing what works 
but if we can get them, you know, up to the edge and then say, okay, walk away a bit and take, take a deep breather, then all of a sudden that edge starts to move and our dog can learn through, through training. Uh, you're their person, you know, like think about dogs are really awesome at redefining what their pack is. And it doesn't always have to be another dog. It, it, it can just be you. Like you can be their friend, <laughs> their person by being a leader and by being the one that helps them through life by being a, a mentor there. And then remember that there's a difference between being like behaving appropriately and being a social butterfly. And we need to stop and really ask ourselves, is this what I want or what they want? You know, what is good for my dog or what is good for me? That's kind of a better way to put it. So uh, don't get frustrated. Frustration definitely uh, comes when we have a wrong view of what friendly looks like. Uh, understand that adrenaline curve and use it to read your dog so that you can advocate for them. And then just ask yourself, why does my dog need to say hi? Does, is it really for my dog's benefit? Or is it for my benefit and what my view of this dog should be like? Am I sitting there saying, I, I want this dog to be like my last dog that I loved so much. When in fact, they're a totally different creature. And we, we need to take that creature and love it and see it as it is. And then move forward from there and, and help them live their best life. But also make it so that we can let go of the stress of holding that dog to a false expectation. If that's helpful to you, we definitely can help out. If your dog is under five months old, there's a lot of training you can do to solve this problem before it ever really takes root. And you can do this with older dogs too, but but if your dog's under five months old, go to cornerstonepuppy.com and you can hop on and wherever you are in the world, you can be part of the Cornerstone Puppy family and we can take you step by step through this. So many of these issues can be trained and fixed and prepared our dogs for this composure and socialization when they're younger. And now I know not everyone has the benefit of that, but if you, if you do, if your dog is under five months old, then for heaven's sakes, do something that's going to help do, to, to prepare your dog. You want calm composure in those situations, not just human socialization, not just, hey, let's throw them into a big group of dogs and, and see if they'll play. That, that's human socialization. That's not dog socialization. And if you're taking, you know, you're, you're looking at the adrenaline again, high adrenaline around a bunch of dogs, what are they learning? They're learning when I see another dog, I need adrenaline and you're chemically going to teach your dog to see a dog across the street and start to get amped up. If they're asocial, then it can lead to aggression. Uh, <laughs> and aggression's a, such a funny thing because in all the years of dog training, I've only, I, there's only a handful of dogs, like three that I would say, oh my goodness, this dog I think is just aggressive. Almost always, it's because socially they don't want to be there, and we are trying to push that social boundary uh, with our dogs 
and not reading their signals. They're telling us, look, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. What do I do? I'm uncomfortable here. And then they respond. And all of a sudden, our dog is, quote unquote, aggressive. And I don't even really like that label because of that reasoning. I, I've had like three in years and years of training, like three aggressive dogs where I'm just like, this dog is just mean. It's just aggressive. It just doesn't like things. And it doesn't want to change. It's kind of who it is. Almost always out of hundreds, thousands of dogs, it's because of this issue, whether it's fear or social anxiety and not reading the signs. And then one, once we do, dogs are awesome. They change and, it, and this situation changes. So I highly recommend that you look for those, those signs. Highly recommend the program if you want to see pictures of our family reunion um go to and my my in-laws 80th birthday party then please go to cornerstone dog training on instagram and let me just say if you have a dog over five months which i assume is most of you uh listening to this podcast there's still hope and you can do it and it's not the end there there's a way through and I want to be able to offer something uh, online and a process and a program to get through that. And so I, I'm really excited for what's going to happen in the next few weeks because it's coming. And I hope that you'll be a part of it and that you can change your dog and take your dog to that next level. I know we can help you do it. I've watched people and dogs change over and over and over again. So I'm really excited for what's coming through the pipeline. So keep listening. And we will help take you to that dog to have a calm and behaved dog, even though they might be totally crazy now. This process can work and benefit your life and your dog's life too. So stay tuned and we will we'll bring it to you. All right, guys. Happy training. Take care. <laughs>